Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. Last Sunday, Easter Sunday, I preached a message that I'd been working on for a long time, and I knew it would stretch a lot of Western theology to the brink. I, um, I read where Jesus, he said, you aren't going to understand what I'm going to do now, but you will understand later. And then he said, one of you is going to betray me. They said, who, Lord? Who will it be? Who is that? And then he said, the one, after I dip this bread in this cup, the one I give it to, he's the one. All my life, I thought about he's the betrayer. This is significant. Jesus was letting them know who was going to betray him. But immediately following that, he dipped the bread in the cup and gave it to Judas. And said to Judas, go and do quickly what it is you're going to do. Then we find out that the guys who heard him say that thought he was sending Judas to buy food for the feast or maybe to give something to the poor. They didn't get it. They didn't think Jesus was calling Judas out as the betrayer. It, they completely missed it. So that's not what he was doing. He was dipping the bread and giving communion, if you please, to Judas, the only one who ever received communion at the hand of the Lord was Judas. And it dawned on me that what Jesus is saying is you're not going to understand this now. But you will. You'll get it. I love you even when you're planning to betray me. Even when you're on your way out. I'm going to show you that I can put life back in death. If it weren't for the mercy of God. Your past mistakes would have destroyed you. But he's able to take your mess and turn it around and bring resurrection and a testimony. My God, I thank God for this church. I thank God for you. I'm so glad I'm not pastoring a middle-class, white, righteous church. It is so fun to be with a mess and realize how good God is rather than look at other people and say, boy, I'm glad I'm not like them. We are the them. And even if you are white, middle class, and religious and righteous, you are still one of the them. <laughs> Come on now. So I have this idea for these many years that I've been preaching to you, and I recognize the fact that the podcast is listened to by people around the country, 
I get calls and sometimes comments that ask what in the world I'm thinking. So I just want to make it plain today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that through him, the world might be saved. I love that. And I'm, I'm saying to you that message about Judas, who we've marked as the wicked betrayer, scoundrel of all, that Jesus pre-forgave the guy. <laughs> and when he put that bread down in the, into that uh, wine, listen now, think about this. Somebody help me just a minute. He was saying two become one. Two elements, two things, body and blood, bread and wine, you and me, like a husband and wife, like this is the Christ and the church, and this is what God hath joined together. Let no man put asunder. There are millions of Christians that don't go to church because the church was proving to them, preaching to them, that if they weren't careful, they would be separated from God. You can't be separated from God. He won't let go. Come on, some of you runners in the house. Come on, some of you real good backsliders. Come on, some of you habitual backsliders. Come on, some of you people that know the honest truth. You've got faith one day, you feel great about it, and then there are times when you're a creep. Hey, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. I'm not preaching last Sunday's message. Maybe a little bit I am. But once you're reunited, once you're inseparable, it's irreversible that Jesus Christ on the cross set the whole world forever right with God. And when he dipped that bread into that cup and gave it to Judas, he was doing a whole lot more than I ever knew. And I don't get it all now, but I do know that it means Judas is included also. <laughs> Did you hear me? If he can save Judas, then he can save me. If he's saying he loves everybody, he means everybody. Somebody say, he still loves me. I got the still in there on purpose. I want to just say he loves me. But for some of us, we've got to say it. He still loves me. Say it to me again, would you? He still loves me. Tell somebody on both sides of you, he still loves you. Would you tell him he still loves you? He still loves you. Would you tell somebody? He still loves you. He still loves me.
Christianity became doctrinal instead of actual. People started talking scripture instead of loving people. We were identified by the church we attended or the things that we did that were religious and righteous. And we, we forgot the basic concept is to be nice and love people and to, and to take them by the hand. We're supposed to be a safe place for people to land. Please help me today. I'm trying to make sense to you. You are supposed to be a, a person folks run to when they're in trouble. You're supposed to be so kind and so loving and forgiving and overwhelmed with your own grace that God's been so good to you that people can come to you and they know when they come to you, they will not be condemned. They will not be judged. That's what God's trying to do to you. He's let you fail on purpose. He didn't keep you out of your mess. He let you fail so that grace would become so great in you. Paul said that. I mean, this is preached. This is the New, this is the new Testament. Right? And so, um, I, as I get older, I realize my consistent failure has been for my good to teach me the consistent love and grace of God so that I could be a minister. In, I could help people even in my weakness. Even in my mess, I would be able to look at somebody and say, he still loves you. He still loves you. He doesn't go back. Um, I have one verse, Romans 10, verse 4. Romans 10, verse 4. Christ is the end of the law. The culmination. How many of you, anyone carrying a different translation than what we're reading right now are the ones that's showing on the board? Anybody have a, a different translation that says something different right here? What did yours say, Bob? Christ is the end of it all. He did it. He's the culmination. Last night, I was feeling a little better yesterday. Grandkids are at the house. Preston, my 12-year-old grandson, wants to go see the new movie, Avengers Endgame. So I have three personal secretaries, my wife, Tiffany, Ashley, my girls, get on the phone and say, find me some tickets. I'm going to take my grandson to the movies. So we go to the Endgame, this movie. It's unbelievable. It's got, oh, let me just tell you, it's awesome. You need to take a pen and paper with you because they say a bunch of stuff that comes right out of the Bible. I'm falling out of my chair. At one point in the middle of the movie, they say, do not judge a person's character by the one thing they did wrong. I wrote that down on the back of my ticket. I'm going, hallelujah. But the movie's over. It's three hours. We watched the movie. And uh, the lights start to come up, and I said, well, let's go. He said, no, there's always something. 
else. I said, there can't be anything else. This is called the end. He said, oh, no, we got to see, Papa. we got to wait. And they had a little stuff. You know, they, the pictures of the people and their names, it was a little different the way they did the credits and all. But there wasn't another scene that would lead you to another movie. And it, I, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking with Preston, waiting for some other something. I'm thinking in my head, Romans 10.4. Christ is the end. Zero. Zip. Nada. It's over. The end. No more condemnation. No more judgment. No more regulations. No more rules. No more condemnation. No more judgment. No more. You can't judge anybody. Christ is the end of that. Somebody shout, it's over. Get up and go home, baby. It's over. You can go. The movie's over. The message is complete. He fulfilled it. It's over. He loves you. He loves you. You cannot be separated from the love of God. Please turn. I didn't even give you these verses, Steve. I'm sorry, but I want go to Matthew chapter 1. <laughs> Matthew chapter 1. Would you while we're turning there, would you say the word no? No. no. I mean, say it like you're telling the dog. No. 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 I'm going to say it like you're telling the dog. No. No. Hey. Hey. All you dog lovers in the house need to learn to get a voice. No. Cat lover. Cats don't listen to anybody. We know that. You can yell all day at a cat. They just walk right by you. Look at it and say, shut up. No. I'm aware today that maybe no, because of Romans 10.4, maybe no is my favorite word. I'm going to say a word, then you shout no. Ready? Fear. There is no fear in love. I'll say it again. Fear. There is therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation. No. 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 None. Zero. How much? Zero. It's over. It's over. You guys, listen to me. We have been filled with condemnation and fear and religion until it takes constant changing of our minds, which is the word repent. Constant changing your thinking for you to believe that there is no fear, that there is no condemnation, that it's finished, it's over, zero. How much fear? Zero. How much manipulation? None. Oh my God, I'm happy. And I recognize that there are several areas in our lives 
where we're affected by this idea that we are somehow right to make a difference between ourselves and other people. We have social issues, economic separation, racial separation, come on, sexual separation. All of this, it becomes a, a war about all of it. And Jesus looks at all of us and says, no. No. No, I like you all. Don't be mad at him if he likes somebody you don't like because he doesn't think like you. Are you hearing me? He's not a Catholic. He's not a Lutheran. He's not a Pentecostal. He isn't a Baptist. He doesn't have those points of view. He doesn't reject anybody based on our reasoning. He doesn't do that ever, zero, none, at all, none. And what I'm preaching is so absolute that it's hard for us to grasp because we've been taught, well, there's got to be some difference. Don't tell me he likes Hitler, Judas, addicts and hookers, white preachers. Don't tell me that. I'm telling you, you got to hear me now. He included everybody, and he knows everybody. And i got to read something to you. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dwell on just a portion of this today before I finish. Um, what time is it? 11 o'clock? I have an hour? Huh? Oh, I love that because the Mickey Mouse that's on my watch, the, the hand is down by the foot that's doing that. It's hard to tell what time, but if somebody needs to reset this thing, give me some numbers. And this is at Matthew 1. This is a record of the genealogy of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Don't you love Jesus Christ? Don't you love that? And so it reads... And then we know Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and we come down to chapter 1, verse 3. Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. And then we follow not Zerah, but Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Amminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon. Verse 5. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Everybody say Tamar. Verse 3, Tamar. This woman is mentioned, Tamar. And then in verse 5, we have a woman whose name is Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Everybody say Tamar. Say Rahab. Say Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse's the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon. We know that. That's great. Whose mother had been Uriah's wife. 
Bathsheba. So from verse 3 through verse 6, in three verses of the Bible, we have Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. That's nice, Pastor. These are great names. What's that all about? Well, let me just tell you that Judah, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. One of Israel's boys, Judah. From you, Judah, a scepter's going to rise. A master, a king, a leader will rise from you, Judah. Woo! He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Well, Judah has three sons. Usually we follow the eldest of the boys because they have the birthright, which was part of the war with Esau and Jacob and part of the deal, this whole tradition. The oldest boy gets the birthright. He's born first. Well, Judah, he's got three boys. His first son marries Tamar. Do you see that name? This is in Genesis 38. He marries Tamar and dies. So Judah gives Tamar to his second son so that his second son will have children through Tamar and keep the name of his firstborn son alive. And that boy dies. And Judah's a little superstitious. Hear me. Superstitious. And he says, I'm not giving that woman my third son. Come on, arsenic and old lace. I don't know what he's thinking. But he sends her back to her dad and he says to her, stay there till my third son grows up now, work something out with you. But he doesn't do it. His wife dies. Now Judah's alone. He goes through this mourning process. He's lost his wife. His boys are grown. It's a sad day. Finally, when the mourning period is over, gets dressed up. It's shearing time for the sheep. It's a time to celebrate. It's time to have a feast. He says, all right, let's go. Has a buddy, and they say, let's go to town. Let's go up north. Let's go up north in Minnesota, right? I don't know if it's south or north, but I'll say up north because that makes you feel so good. Let's go up north. So they go to shear sheep. And when Tamar hears that Judah is, is traveling, she sets up a prostitution tent. Takes off her, her grave clothes, her mourning black clothes. Puts on a veil and, and sets up a prostitution tent. Oh, geez, some of you guys, your ears are getting red. Your neck's starting to swell up. And she hooks Judah. Think about this. And he goes in, has sex with her, and doesn't have anything to give her because he hasn't yet been to the shearing. He don't have any gifts. He said, look, I'll send you, I'll send you one of my... One of my goats. She said, well, just a minute. What you got for me now? I'll hang on to that till I get the goat. And he said, well, here's my 
signet. Here's my identification. Here's my license. And my staff, here's the key to my car. When I send the goat, I want my stuff back. And off he goes. Gets up there, sends a goat back. Says to one of the guys, take this goat to that prostitute that's there on the road and give her the goat and get my staff and get my, get my license back for me, would you? They get there and the tent's gone. Ah. She gone. She gone. He said, well, I'd be a fool, but I did at least give her something. Word gets out three months later that Tamar's pregnant. Hey, Judah, you know your daughter-in-law? Yeah, she's pregnant. Oh, my, you've got to be kidding me. What a whore. Well, what do you want me to say? She did. I, we're going to kill her. It's time to judge her. Let's kill her. You know she shouldn't be doing that. And she gets word they're coming to get you. And she, say, she takes his staff and he takes his car keys and his license. Gives it to the guy and said, take this to Judah and tell him whoever this belongs to. That's the guy. Who, who, the, the guy that got me pregnant? Why, he's the guy that gave me these. What a story. He takes his signet back and he takes his staff and he goes, Oh God, she's more righteous than I am. You say, Pastor, that's kind of a bad story for Sunday morning. I didn't write it. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. That is a story, brother. But don't forget where her name is found. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. Because it's not going to stop God. Oh, God. Oh, it's flooding me again right now, y'all. It's not going to stop God. Your madness, your sin... Is not going to stop God. Well, he should pick another person for God's sake. This is going to be in Matthew forever. Cut it out, Genesis 30. And just take the chapter out. Do we have to know this? It's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to hear the truth. The people that you have judged, the folks you pointed your finger at, they are God's people. They are God's children. The folks that are waving signs and saying everybody's going to hell, those people are going to be silenced. People are saying, well, America, we're compromising. No, we're not. God's shutting the mouth of people that are just killing folks. If he wanted to kill them, he'd kill them by now. Take that podcast. I'm sorry, every now, every now and then, something rises up in me against religion. Something rises up in me strongly against these thoughts. We need to repent. We need to repent. We cannot make God in our image. He's trying to make us in his image. We can't change the fact that God used Tamar in the lineage of Jesus Christ. You can't change that. 
You need to read into that and say, what's he doing? What in the world's he doing? Is he trying to get us just to love everybody? <laughs> you mean we just have to accept everybody here? What if you know she's a whore? What you gonna do with her? I just put her in my lineage. Let everybody know that I can work, I can, I can dip life into that death and make something out of this. I can do something that's against the rules. I can break your conscience. I can wreck your religion. I can make you sick with my goodness. I can make you mad. I've got preachers that can't stand me. They can't dare have me preach lest I tell the truth to their church. But I go to a church that wants to hear the truth, that needs to repent, that is saying, God, reshape my thinking. Help me, God. If there ever was a time, it's now. Christ is the end of the law. Quit looking for the rest of the movie. The movie's over. Get up. Get out of here and live the way he called us to live. Somebody say amen to that. We can't keep this in this building. You've got to live like this. Oh, God. I, a little while ago, I said, he leads. He leads. He's tender. Come, Terry. He's tender. He's gentle. He takes us by the hand, and he picks us up. Then he said, if you'll come with me, I will set you free. You come with me, you won't have to be angry. You don't have to point fingers. You don't have to be judgmental. You don't have to hide your hypocrisy and your sin because you got some to just come with me and we'll just go love everybody. We'll help everybody, Cindy. We'll help everybody. Today I tell you the truth. Today you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. He still loves you. He loves you. You're not excluded. He's going to lead you. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't count yourself out. Don't let 2,000 years of religion disqualify you. Look what he did with Judas. That freaks me out. I've preached it already. Twice. I can't get it off my mind that he dipped it with Judas. Judas. Then he puts Tamar in the line. Here, baby, get in the line. You're in with me. You and me, baby. Say what you want later on, but it's me and you. And we've blistered and beat up women. We've abused, preached them down. You better be careful. God may knock me out and send a woman to be your pastor. <laughs> well, just remember I said this over my dead body. Would you stand with me, please? It can be arranged. That's right. You shout no. Ready? You shout no. Worry. No. Did Jesus say do not worry? How about what if would happen if you'd quit worrying? What would you do if you knew he was leading you 
and everything was going to work out. What, what if I tell you that's what the truth is? What if I tell you that whatever he does is going to be successful? Whatever God sets his heart and mind to do, he does not try to do anything. God does whatever he sets out to do. Somebody shout amen. amen. So if you, if you say he's leading me, this is the way I'm going, then you're going to be successful. Well, you say, Pastor, you've got cancer, you've got these knockdowns, you've had these problems. I get it. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But if I hold on to his hand, if I keep trusting him, I'm going to come out of this one too. I'll come through this too. And when I come through this, I'll be praising him more. I can't raise my hands any higher than I raised my hands today. I tiptoed and raised my hands and shouted as loud as I can shout. I, that's all I got. I'm overwhelmed with the goodness of God. I've, I've had, man, you guys, you know, they gave me, um, what they give me, Terry? Happy pills? Huh? Diazepam? They gave me diazepam. Do you know what that is? Anybody know what diazepam is? Some of you know diazepam. Some of you probably, you're injecting diazepam. You know what diazepam is? It's a happy pill where you just don't care. And he said, um, take two. So I did. And Terry said, you want me to drive? I said, no, I can, I can see with my head laying on the steering wheel. I'm fine. They gave me all these shots and cut me up and burned inside me and stitched me up and gave me um, hydrocodone. Oh, quit moaning. Some of you, I'll have some of that. I've had, I've had pain, real pain. They've cut my neck. They cut my back. So I can't lay on my back. I can't sleep. How many of you know you get a little goofy when you don't sleep? You get, anybody get negative? How many of you get mean? How many of you know somebody gets mean? Raise your hand, Snyder. Put it up, Tear. Put you. Don't sleep good. My legs, they cut the, the back of my left leg about maybe an inch wide and the front of my left leg and the front of my, I can't lay on my side. I can't lay on I'm tired, I'm hurting, I'm going, this stings. Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now that the rejection I have felt from the church hurts a whole lot worse than surgery. To have put people look at you and act like you're not worthy. Hurts. It's hurt me. It's made me want to cry right now. I feel sorry for myself. Well, I never have stopped till I will tell you the truth. You feel sorry for you. I go, my God, this is terrible. I'm preaching Jesus and the love of God, and it's too much for people. It's better than we ever heard. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.